0: can have a seat. But I, I love that we started with songs about make his name glorious. And Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Because even though we're talking this morning about celebrating what we have raised in this amazing faith goal, it is all about making his name glorious. It's all about what he's done for us and through us. It's not about taking our hands and doing this, patting ourselves on the back, it's about taking our hands and lifting them up to him and giving him all the glory. Am I right, church? That's what we're about here this morning, and let's make sure we got that straight. Well, hey, listen, good morning. My name's Renee. If you're visiting, I'm one of the pastors here. In fact, even if you're not visiting, I'm one of the pastors here. But um, how was your Thanksgiving? How many of you uh, watched football on Thanksgiving? Can I see a show of hands? How many of you had turkey on Thanksgiving? How many of you had a tryptophan coma on Thanksgiving? which you're still in now, please no raising hands. How many of you uh, did the turkey trot in San Jose on Thanksgiving morning like I did? Did you guys really do it? That was awesome, how'd you do? Okay, I, uh, I got to do the turkey trot and, uh, and I have to reveal here today that I finished second in my division. My division was 52-year-old gray-haired pastors from Aptos. There were two of us, but still, that's something. No, it was, it was a ton of fun. Hey, listen, as you heard, as you heard Mark say, this morning's going to be a little bit different uh, than what we usually do in church. It's Thanksgiving weekend, so we're going to give God thanks for what he has done here, specifically this fall. For the last seven weeks this fall, we have been uh, studying faith. We've been reading a book that we wrote about faith, doing home groups about faith, doing faith projects. Uh, it was very cool to see this. We had small groups spring up in homes all over the county. And judging from the pictures that you guys sent me, you guys had a blast in your home groups like this one. Inexplicably, if you look closely, they are all wearing tiaras and doing the princess wave. I don't know why, but that's okay. That's good. Uh, many groups apparently had fun on Halloween. Um, At least I'm assuming this is Halloween. This is Santa Cruz, so this could be any day of the year. Um, (laughs) We also had groups outside the county, like this group in Salinas. Hello, Salinas! Hello, Salinas group. That was very cool to get that. And also this group in Fresno. Can you believe that? Give it up for Fresno! Yeah, we love Fresno. These guys were so nice to me that I decided I am official. I have an official change of heart about Fresno starting today. <laughs> starting today, we will henceforth refer to it as Fres-yes here in our church. Hey, I'm just curious, how many of you either hosted a group or led a group? Raise your hands, raise your hands. These were, wait, keep those hands raised. Put your hands together for these people. They showed a lot of hospitality to a lot of people. <laughs> But the past seven weeks have not just been about studying faith, they have been about us taking the most giant step of faith that we have taken as a congregation in this generation. We have been calling it the 2020 vision, because uh, all the components of this will end up in the year 2020. And if you're just joining us this weekend, there are three components to phase one of this that we've been focusing on this fall. Building a children's ministry center here, that's a big building that would go out by the gymnasium building here on our campus, plus building a library and vocational training and classroom and medical dental clinic building in India at the Little Flock Orphanage, plus we want to raise a substantial amount of food and funds for the Second Harvest Food Bank. And you might see a common thread with all these three projects the, the vast majority of people who get food from Second Harvest are single-parent families with young children. And so the three components of the 2020 vision were all about the next generation. They're all about kids. And so we wanted to involve all ages. And so seven weeks ago, We gave the little kids at our church and our preschool and our grade school little piggy banks to save for these projects. And I got to tell you, we were overwhelmed with the response. We had no idea the kids would do this, but they all decorated their own piggy banks and wrote prayers on them. And this is just an example. I love this one. This is from Landon, who put his name across the top. But I love what he wrote on the side. I don't know if you can read that, but it says, "'To God.'" To God. And that kind of chokes me up because that's what this is all about, right? They got it. Sometimes kids, I think somebody once said something about the faith of a child, you know, and uh, that's what it's all about. The kids got it. This is to God. And so, what we did last weekend, we really wanted to give the kids a memorable moment in their lives. And so we had the kids uh, come into our services and bring in the offerings, and they laid them here at the altar along with written prayers for all of these projects. How many of you were here last weekend and saw this? Was this not one of the most moving things you've ever seen in your life? We had, it was amazing to see the toddlers and the junior hires, the middle schoolers, the high schoolers, the teens all bringing in. We gave Pringles cans. To the teenagers, you know, so that they wouldn't have piggy banks. They'd have Pringles cans. And, And look at them all. This is just one of the services. And then the adults gave our pledges. We all exercised our faith together. And then last weekend, we ended it all up with a concert. Lincoln Brewster. How many of you guys came to that concert? That was an amazing celebration. And the proceeds from the concert went to the 2020 Division as well. So today, we reveal how did it go. Because this was a massive, massive faith goal. If you add up all three components, it's a $10.75 million goal. That's over $10 million in gifts and pledges. Now, that's a lot of money by anybody's measure. But I want to tell you something that I have not told you yet in this and you'll know why when I tell you this, that in March, I met with a couple of fundraising experts who have done this for years and years for hundreds of churches and colleges and so on, and they told us that a church of our size and our attendance figures, it would be a home run if we raised somewhere between 7 and $8 million. And But when we looked at these projects that we really felt led to go for... It's expensive around here, and it added up to over ten. And so we thought, well, let's let's go for it and see see what happens. So, how did we do? Did we reach our goal? Does anybody here want to hear the totals? I said, does anybody want to hear the totals? Well, I want to tell you in just a few minutes. But first, what have we learned about faith in this seven-week intensive immersion? In faith, because that's what this is all about. We're just going to kind of review this all, and then we're going to wrap up this morning by giving you the the reveal. Last week, I asked you to send me your emails because I said I wanted this to be the sermon you wrote. And I got to tell you, I was so encouraged reading emails like this. Uh, I got hundreds of these, way more than I can include in a sermon, but I'll give you just a taste. This woman wrote, I'm not going to lie, I was annoyed going to church during the faith series. In fact, I was pretty sure I'd hate it. I'm surprised my wife was this candid, but still, I, no, just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. But this was a real email, uh, very serious. This woman says, I've had past hurts from church, which has always made me distance myself from church and God. And so I went expecting to hear the usual about faith. You have to have faith. You have to have more faith. You have to strengthen your faith. Well, to my surprise, I learned it's okay to have doubts. I learned it doesn't mean my doubts make me farther from God, but they're a reason to get even closer to him. Really, I understand God better. And now I've decided to stop finding excuses not to trust him. I want you to know that I've rededicated my life to God, and I've opened myself up to being more involved with his family at church. Isn't that great? And I hear, heard this, I read this again and again and again in this series. Uh, I read every single email, every single Facebook post, every single remark on Twitter, and every letter and card you wrote, and they all kind of fell neatly into four... Categories that you said made impressions on you in this series. The first three are on the first page of your notes, and the last one's on the second page. So grab the message notes that uh, look like this that are in your bulletins. They have a faith logo on top. This will help you follow along. First, people pointed out that they learned that faith is a fact, but also an act. Faith is a fact, but also an act. Faith is a fact about the fact that God loved the world so much, he sent Jesus Christ his only son to die on the cross for our sins and to be resurrected. And that is a fact that I stake my life on. But like the brother of, James, Jesus, uh, the brother of Jesus, James, wrote, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Faith is a fact, but it's also an act. One way we tried to show this at the very start of our series, uh, hundreds of TLCers volunteered on one Saturday morning, served at projects all over the county, like the Homeless Services Center, where you guys cleaned and mopped and swept and painted. Uh, One small group even completely renovated the play yard that they have there for homeless kids. Excuse me, you put in nice turf and plants and, and a lot more. And you guys also volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club and at Del Mar School. And at many more places all over the county. Now, why would we do these things? What does this have to do with faith? Well, Jesus said, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In other words, good deeds open hearts to the good news. Now, another way we try to do this in this series and a way that our church has done this for several years now is the first component of the 2020 Vision Project for Second Harvest, the food bank. Now, I just want to give this some context here. This church has been so uh, generous to the food bank. It's really become part of our DNA. And as your pastor, I am in awe of your generosity. You've given over a million meals worth of food, and donations to Second Harvest Food Bank each of the last two years. Now, just to put that amount into context, because you might be used, getting used to that, and you're saying, a million meals, like, probably everybody does that. No, no, nobody does that. As far as I know, no church in America has ever done that. And to further put it in perspective, I'm in Subway the other day, and I see this sign. Subway is the biggest food chain in the world And it has as its goal this year to donate one million meals to Feeding America, which is the national uh, organization of food banks that Second Harvest is a part of. Now, that is awesome. I love that they are doing that. But I I just want you to have some perspective uh, to give God glory about what our church has done. If the biggest food company in the world is trying to get to a million meals as their donation, that's a lot. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I f- did not think that that was a possibility for us this year. In fact,
1: <clears throat> I'll
0: tell you something else that I didn't tell you guys earlier. I'm, this is true confession morning for me. I'm telling you all kinds of stuff that I've been keeping from you. But um, I, uh, I thought we could not do this this year because we're having a building campaign. This, In fact, I scheduled an appointment with Willie Elliott McRae, who's the president and founder of Second Harvest, And uh, I just had to tell him we're not going to do the food drive this fall because we got a building campaign. And so I sat down to break in the news uh, over here in the church office and I said, Willie, I got to tell you something, man. We've enjoyed working with Second Harvest. We will again, but this fall, instead of the food drive, we need to do a building program. And so, and I look at Willie and this body language is just like, his shoulders are sagging and his head is drooping like this. And so literally, I changed my sentence midstream. And I said, and so we are going to give a portion of our capital campaign to the food bank. And I just wanted you here to tell you that. And I thought, what did I just say? What did I promise? And so that's what we're going to do. In fact, we decided to totally rethink the way we did this uh, campaign before we launched it and have a component of it that we call compassion first. In other words, we decided in advance, no matter how much we get for our building, and you have to understand this, even if we don't reach our goal, our priority is to in advance commit to Second Harvest Food Bank and in advance commit to the Little Flock Orphanage so that if we get anything, it's going to go to them first and only after their needs are taken care of do we give the money toward our building. So what happened? Well, food rolled in last weekend. A lot of food. And last Monday, we packed it and we packed it And we packed it, and Second Harvest got it, and trucked it out, and weighed it, and weighed it. And it turns out that your donations of actual non-perishable food items were 128% higher than last year. Plus, then we gave our portion of the 2020 Vision Project Funds, to the Second Harvest Food Bank. So what did it all total up to? Well, I wanna ask in this service, the co-chair of the Holiday Harvest Food Drive for Second Harvest Food Bank, and also the CEO of Plantronics, Ken Canipin, to come up on stage. Would you please welcome Ken as he comes up on stage here. Ken, it is great, great to have you here. I'm so glad you could oh, make it. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you. Well, it's my privilege, on behalf of uh, this church, which, in following Jesus, who told us that when we feed the hungry, it's like feeding Him, and that's what motivates us. It is just my deepest privilege and and joy to give you uh, this check, which, when added to the donations, totals over one million meals to the second harvest.
2: I just, I, I want to say a couple of, of words of, of thanks, because um, as you pointed out, uh, Twin Lakes has, has for the last couple of years given over a million meals, which is, you know, a staggering total. And for so many people in this community, and it's literally one out of four who depend on second harvest in this community for food, it's, it's given them hope, because you don't have hope if food never arrives. And every year, thanks to Twin Lakes and what you've done, the food has arrived. And you told me about that campaign and, and how many things that you had to depend upon people to give. And I you know, if if I wanted to make one one comment about that, which is you, you've you've told me about this before, but you know, when people give, they are they are blessed. Mm-hmm. They are blessed with less stress, more happiness, mm-hmm. they're blessed with better health. They're blessed with living longer. They're blessed because they have given to Jesus when he arrived at their door. And I hope that in return for all you have given to this community, you enjoy all of those blessings. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for what you do, Ken, too. Really. But hang on just a second. Uh, uh,
0: you guys uh, may or may not know this, but as CEO of Plantronics, Ken's already got a lot on his uh, plate. It's a huge company. But as you probably read in the paper this year, Ken has had a battle with cancer, and uh, he had to take a leave of absence. He's now back at the company. But uh, we are committed to, uh, we really appreciate your leadership at Plantronics. It means so much to this community, and we are committed as a church to praying for you and your recovery. Aren't we, church? Yeah. Let's thank Ken for everything he does. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Ken's a good man. He's a good man. Faith is a fact, but it's also an act, and it's a cycle. You know, when you act in faith, then it bolsters up your confidence in the facts of faith, and what that produces is, number two, we saw that faith is contagious. Faith's contagious. Many of you wrote me and said that you saw this and felt this, that there was just this growing, crackling sense of electricity around here, people going, yeah, I can move out in faith. In fact, I got this email just this week from Anastasia Stone. You guys probably uh, remember how every week in this series, either live or on video, we had a faith story, and Anastasia shared her faith story. Uh, remember, she told us that uh, she and her husband uh, had tentatively, two years ago, decided to, to check out the idea of fostering children, and that turned into a passion for adoption. And now she's a representative for the county for adoption services. They adopted twins. And she told us, if you'll remember, that they were hoping to adopt another baby. So i got to update you on this. Last week, they went to court, and the adoption was finalized. This is a picture of that moment for their family. And even the judge came over to say hi to their new family member. And now this was all very, very uh, contagious as our church heard her testimony. So Anastasia wrote me. Renee you need to know that since you asked me to share there are two new tlc families actively pursuing becoming foster parents another four tlc families came to the first orientation another hundred people from tlc want to help in other ways like being respite parents 18 foster kids have already received backpacks that tlc filled and she says a couple at tlc already has another little boy in their home that they've adopted. They brought him home from the hospital on November 21st. That's contagious faith. Aren't you guys stoked about that? That is so awesome to see the ripple effect of faith. That is this next verse in action. This is from Hebrews 10. Let's read this verse out loud together, church. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. I love that this is what church is supposed to be about, right? To spur one another on to love and good deeds, not to anger and dissension. You know, some pastors, I think, kind of have the the combative radio talk show host model, right? Where where I'm going to get up there in the pulpit and I'm going to be incendiary. That's not what this verse says. This is spur one another honor, right? To love and good deeds. And it's so neat to see how outrageous faith can be contagious faith. I'll give you another example that uh, somebody emailed me this week. Carrie Mendoza wrote me two months ago during the faith series. I heard about that dress-a-girl ministry in church. That's the group here at TLC that makes dresses for female orphans all over the world. She says, I thought, well, what if we made purses to go along with the dresses in the next shipment? Because the little girls get Bibles and so on. This will give them something to put those bibles in so she says i called the leader and she told me that's fine but their next shipment is 200 dresses and i said okay she said my girls aged nine and seven were excited about it but i was apprehensive 200 purses that we were supposed to make for the 200 dresses but i had faith that god would give us the endurance and the help we needed because that's what you've been telling us he would do and so we got to work then a few friends found out what we were doing and wanted to come on board. And then more and po- more people got interested. Long story short, as of this writing, we have 202 purses to give to the orphans this Christmas. Isn't that not great? That's contagious faith. And another way that we really saw faith being contagious was the little flock component of our faith goal just as a reminder here's a 30 second clip to show you what little flock orphanage is like near chennai india watch the screen
1: every child has a dream to and be-
0: Exciting ministry, and they've got so much going on that what they really need is a classroom building of their own uh, with a library, with three vocational training classrooms, with a medical and dental clinic, with a computer lab, with offices, and much, much more. And this whole thing captured the imaginations of of our kids here at church talk about contagious faith uh two brothers actually homemade christmas ornaments i told you about last weekend but they sent me a video telling me about what they're doing watch the screen
1: um so we are raising money for the little flock orphanage because we are selling little christmas ornaments that cost 4.99 um we already earned 25 dollars
0: in like 10 minutes that's 499 operators are standing by i love this that guy's going to be a salesman so these boys talk about contagious faith they went door to door selling these ornaments and a neighbor girl saw them and got so excited she joined them faith is contagious so what does all this add up to well I want to call up a very special guest today. Would you please join me in welcoming the founder and president of Little Flock Children's Home, Dr. VG Kamoff, if she comes up right now. It is such a deep privilege for me, just as a representative of this congregation and as an arm of the body of Christ who told us to look out for the least of these, to give you this check. It's like a dream come true for me to be able to say, This will take care of all of your needs to completely fund your new building for Little Block. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah.
3: of what Jesus said when he came, I've come to give you life and give you life abundantly. Mm. And everything that Twin Lakes has done for Little Flock is life-giving. The members of this congregation who come every year, some of them took a 10-year visa, which means they're coming every year for 10 years. (laughs) And they have reached out to the community with so much love and so much care that it has transformed the people in the village. Number of the women in the village cannot find jobs because they're from the Dalit community and they're not easily employable.
0: That's the untouchables, untouchables. as we call them, right, yeah.
3: So they came to me this past year and they said to me, little flock is life-giving to us. <laughs> I think that is one of the components of what you're doing, you're giving yeah. life. And by building this community center, everything about it is life-giving. <laughs> Training our children, providing a library for our children and the entire village kids, <laughs> and teaching people how to learn skills that will support their family. Our children have come from such difficult backgrounds and have experienced so much suffering that we are overwhelmed just by hearing their stories, but they give life to us by saying to us, but we have you mm-hmm. and we have Twin Lakes and you stand behind us and you are like those people with your prayers and gifts and support that lift our arms up as we go forth and serve the kids. So I want to thank you for being a blessing to us.
0: Thank you so much for what you do, BG. We love you and we love the kids, that's for sure. Ah. So you see what happens when faith is contagious. Uh, There was another theme that really came out a lot in your emails, and that's number three there in your notes. Faith is a way through not a way around. Faith is a way through, not a way around. Do you get that? Faith is no guarantee that you won't have trouble. In fact, Jesus guaranteed you will have trouble. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Trouble comes to everyone, but faith is a way through it, not a way around it. Uh, Somebody wrote me, My husband and I have been attending Twin Lakes for five years. I'd hear the messages, I'd be inspired, but then quickly revert back to my behaviors of control, anxiety, and fear. All that changed in January 2012, when I found out I was pregnant with triplets. I know. I went into preterm labor and we thought, that we might lose the babies. Now look at this, when the boys were born, they weighed just three pounds. We spent over two months in the NICU and there were many ups and downs. As scary as this time was, I felt a sense of peace in my heart deep down. Friends and family were shocked at how calm I seemed. Listen to this, at first I blamed my calm on pregnancy hormones, but really I knew it was stronger than that. Focusing on faith during this time took the weight of the world and of three helpless babies off my shoulders. Now there's good news, all three boys survived. (laughs) And they're now energetic, healthy, and happy boys. Now listen to this, this is a new picture that they just took. She says, life with triplets is crazy, and at times I find myself reverting back to stress and anxiety about how we're going to make it. But this series has really brought me back to God's faithful promise of strength faith is a way through, not a way around. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the word faith is repeated 27 times, and that's why it's called the faith chapter. And there's only one other phrase that's repeated in that chapter. It's repeated three times. It's the two-word phrase, even though. Like in verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, even though none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. These people kept going, these people in the Hall of Fame of Faith, not because faith magically gave them prosperity and perfect health, but because of God's promise of something better on the other side. And I just really want to stop and address a group of people that's here today. There's some people here, it's celebration weekend, and you do not feel like celebrating right now. You look around, you hear the music, you see all the people, and you don't feel all happy-clappy. Because something's happened in your life, maybe an illness, maybe an accident, something else, and it's hit you hard and you thought to yourself, I guess I'll drag myself to church, maybe I'll find some hope there. And now that you're here, you're wondering why you're here. And you're wondering what God has in store for you in your life. Well, I want to tell you this. I don't know what it is, of course. I don't know what God has in store for you. But I do know this. It's something wonderful. It's something wonderful in this life and then at the resurrection. God has planned something better ahead for you. So don't give up. Keep moving forward in that faith. Faith is a way through, not a way around. Think about it. That's why the cross is the symbol of our faith. You ever thought about that? What do Christians wear around their necks? The cross. Not a daisy or a pony or a unicorn you know, or a four leaf clover. A cross. Why? Because faith means God takes the worst life can give us, even death on a cross. And he turns the symbol of torture and hopelessness into a symbol of hope for billions of people. Why? Because on the cross, Jesus paid for my sin and for your sin so that we could also partake in his resurrection. And that's why I'm going to ask the band to come back up and lead us in a moment of communion right now because I want so much for you not to mistake the message of this faith series. Faith is not about you or me mustering up enough optimism to do something good because there's times we all run out of optimism. Faith is about remembering the promise of the cross. It's about you and me trusting in Christ. And so let's just pause for a couple of minutes and take communion to remind ourselves of the body and blood of Jesus. If you're just joining us today, you're welcome to partake with us. You don't have to be a church member if you recognize the bread as the body, the cup as the blood of Christ. Symbols of what Jesus did for us. The ushers will serve communion, and then you're welcome to take a piece of the bread and the cup, and you hold them, meditate on them, and then at the end of the song, we will partake together. So let's remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. Now, during communion, and at the end of this time, the venue service is going to filter into our room and they will join us for our final point together. But for now, let's focus on the cross. Of Christ. As uh, our video venue service uh, joins us from next door, would you just join me in a word of prayer? Let's just pray right now. With your head bowed, just for a minute, think about how marvelous and how wonderful your Savior's love is to you. Think of the cross. It's not just a metaphor. It's real. The God of the universe loves you so much. That he took all of the weight of sin and guilt away from you so that there's now no condemnation in Christ. And today, he loves you unconditionally and perfectly and infinitely. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. We don't give to the orphanage or to the food bank or to the kids because we want God to love us more. He already loves us infinitely. We give because he first loved us. Just out of a sense of overabundance. The greatest, most precious resource in the world, more precious than gold or silver or any physical resources we could ever build to a capital campaign, is the love of God. And he lavishes it on us without end God thank you so much for your love demonstrated to all of us on the cross and it's because we believe that though we don't completely understand it but we place our trust in that and so we find ourselves filled and overflowing with love surging with love and power that goes from you through us to the world what a pleasure it is to live generously that way. God, you're a great God. And so we remember this together. Remember the body of Christ broken for you. Let's partake. And the blood of Christ shed for you. What a great morning. What a great, great morning. The venue service, if you didn't know, we have a a video venue service that watches this service over in Munsky Hall, and they wanted to be here for the final reveal, and so they just came in. They're sitting in the aisles. Let's welcome these people to Twin Lakes's (laughs) auditorium service. It's a great weekend already, isn't it? I don't even have to tell you the final numbers, it's already a great weekend because we've already given over, I mean, just think of what you've done. If you gave a dollar to this, you as part of this church have already given over a million meals to the food bank. You've already given a complete building to an orphanage in India. You know, what a weekend. You've already seen Stanford beat Notre Dame last night, which was awesome. I have to do something to stop myself from crying. But you've, uh, it's been a great weekend, and now let's land the plane. We want to remind ourselves that faith is about God's power, not my power. Faith is about God's power, not my power. The Bible says God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Now, I can imagine a lot, but God can do more. And watch this. According to his power that is at work within us. Again, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God working within me, but here's the thing. I must take that first step in faith. I have to take that first step. So many of you told me how you did that during this series. This is is just amazing balm for a pastor's soul. Emails like this one. My name is Sean Valenzuela, a 20-year-old kid from the Santa Cruz area. About two months ago, I attended my first service at Twin Lakes, and that morning in service was the first time I truly accepted the Lord into my heart. I left church crying in excitement for the Lord the whole way home. I felt like a new person at only the age of 20. I have a purpose on earth now. He took his first step of faith. Isn't that awesome? And uh, maybe you've been thinking about your first step of faith too. Do it now. Look, the Bible says, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. As we saw in the series, God didn't give Abraham a roadmap. He just told him the next step. So take the next step for you. Now, I don't know what that first step in your journey is for you, but you probably do. It's different for everybody. It's, it's not just, just happen at conversion. There, there continue to be first steps of faith because that's how we grow, right? Maybe for you, it's writing the first page of that book, or going to the first recovery meeting, or making the first phone call. Think of what you could be setting into motion. The food drive, somebody had to put the first can on the pile. 2020 Vision, somebody had to make that first pledge. But when you take that first step in faith, you set things into motion. Other people with more resources show up. Other people with other skills pop up. But listen, God, God can't help you with steps two, three, four, five, and six until you take the first step in faith. And then he says, all right, here we go. See, here's the key concept of faith. Jot this down if you've got your notes with you. Where God guides, God provides. Never, ever forget this. Where God guides, God provides. In fact, let's say that together. Where God guides, God provides. Like the Bible says, and this is the story that really sums all this up. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made that promise. And so, from this one man... And he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. God can do th- things through you as, as, as numerous as the stars in the sky, as countless as the sand on the seashore if you'll just take the first step of faith. The bottom line is this, the leap of faith is so Worth it. It is so worth it. You want evidence of that? Like the Bible says, you yourselves are a case study of what God does, right? Twin Lakes, you're a case study of what God does. This 2020 vision is a case study of how faith works. Somebody just had to start, but then God starts to move. As I said, we already saw a million meals given to the food bank, already saw an entire building funded for little flock. So now, what about the third component, the children's building? Some of you are going, my head is about to explode. You have to say it right now. Okay, but first I just want to say this. Whatever the total is, this has truly been about faith building and not building a building. And whatever kind of a building gets built, that building will be a faith building. And I want to say, church, you gave and pledged so sacrificially. It was amazing to see pledges come in, ranging literally from $1 to $1 million and every amount in between. And we needed every single one of you. And the pledges continue to come in. This number keeps going up. The total I'm about to reveal to you will keep going up. In fact, some of you just told me before the service, I thought we were supposed to bring in our pledges this weekend. So it's not too late for you. You can still bring them in. But it's cool. We, We first saw that God was up to something when we totaled the kids' offerings. They were the first numbers we totaled up. The kids were amazing. It took us three and a half hours just to empty out their piggy banks that afternoon. It took four people working two and a half hours with the bank's change counting machine just to count it. And the way they raised their contributions was great. These two middle school girls, sisters, actually uh, they knit together these little scarves and then they sold them uh, door to door to raise their contributions. It wasn't just like, mom, dad, give me some change, put it in the piggy banks, you know. They actually did all kinds of work. And check this out doing this sort of thing in the piggy banks and Pringles cans alone, the kids brought in (laughs) $10,000. That's awesome. That's awesome, plus several boardwalk tokens. And that's how I knew it was actually the kids. But because this is a children's building and the kids were so much a part of this, we want to do something special uh, for the reveal right now. I'm going to ask some kids to come on stage right now. And the kids each have a numeral uh, in their hands that they are not going to turn around and reveal to you yet. And so I'm going to get my little podium out of the way. We haven't actually rehearsed this with these kids, so anything could happen. But uh, why don't you guys come all the way down here. Look at these figures. Some of you are counting up the blank things right now. And so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna start over here on this end, and when I tap you, I want you to to turn over your your card, okay, got it? But not until I tap you. You guys ready for this? Can we have a drum roll? Here we go. Okay. All right, go ahead and turn your figure around. It's a six. All right, turn that around. It's a one. Turn yours around. It's an eight, and why don't you turn yours around, Elijah, go ahead. It's a comma! See, some of you were counting up and you were going, we raised one billion dollars. No. Go ahead and turn yours around. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, now why don't you turn yours around? And we have one more to go. Ten million two hundred and twenty thousand eight hundred and sixteen dollars. Let's give God the glory, church. Let's sing that old song. stay standing. Heavenly Father, we just want to dedicate this building to you. May this be a lighthouse that remains about the light and not the house. May it just be a launching pad for generations of ministry to reach our community and our world with the love of Jesus Christ. God, thank you and help us. And never forget the lesson we have learned through this, that you are able, that you are God, that we can put all our faith and trust in you together as the body of Christ because you do amazing things. You're such a good God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's sing the great song about how God is able. Lift your voices and let's celebrate on this celebration weekend.
4: Here and just look at this room right now, Renee, because uh, you worked so hard over these last couple months. This was the Lord, but you—you you, you did a lot of work on this, my friend. Thank you. Love you. Praise God. And. Uh, <laughs> For those analytical minds in the room, uh, we feel that God mm-hmm. having carried us thus this far over 90% of the way that we're trusting him that in the next That's four years, right. he'll bring in the residual amount. We are going to build the building as drawn up in the lobby. Amen. And uh, praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Twin Lakes Church, this is a historic moment. You Amen. are a part of a, a historic moment in what God is doing in this church, in us and through us to reach out to our community. Praise the Lord for what he said. In fact, let's just read this scripture here from Psalm uh, 115, it says, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because, because of your love, love and faithfulness. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Go out celebrating God's goodness and grace. And we look forward to seeing you next weekend. Lord willing, God bless you. Goodbye. Bye-bye.